Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Cuban pianist, composer, and educator Rafael Zaldivar. He talked about his newest 2022 CD called Rumba that combines the holistic vibe and rhythmic circularity of the Afro-Cuban music with a jazz sound. His spirituality shines on this album, opening new doors to an endlessly expressive musical universe. Rumba refers to the social gatherings of the black community in Havana, Cuba. At the beginning of the 20th century, these groups met to celebrate and praise the deceased in ceremonies full of song and dance. It's a part of their wonderful culture. And it's full of great artists like Terry Lynn Carrington, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Miguel Zanon, Ingrid Jensen, and so many others. Enjoy this very insightful interview. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today, man. I appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. Yeah. My first question to you is, for the world of musicians, COVID was really hard. How did you survive COVID, and how did you change as a result of it? Well, basically, um, I had the chance. Uh, I had the chance to have a, a you know, a full-time job at Laval University in Quebec City. I'm a full-time professor. And I got a tenure track position on um, 2018, but I started working at Laval University in 2012. So in my case, I have a teaching job which paid, uh, which paid me, um, you know, a salary through the whole year. So I didn't have to really worry about the, you know, about the um, financial, financial side. But um, regarding the performance practice. Side yes, I I got you know almost I got like silences. I got um, in my studio. I didn't have a chance to play, so club closed and concert hall closed, and also a couple of concert that I had I had to uh, you know to cancel that. So basically, uh, this COVID time helped me helped me to rethink my space, my studio. So I got the chance to. Um, even though I didn't have a chance to play that often at that time, but I had a chance to rethink my space and, you know, um, the, the tools that I have to record. Also, the way that I wanted to, my studio, my little studio to be sounding with my piano. And um, I had a chance to, um, you know, to go more inside my performance, the idea and philosophy as a musician to practice even more to be more focused on my instrument, you know, play and practice even more daily. And um, especially uh, to be able to um, organize my uh, philosophy, my performance, my creation, um, and also my um, my next uh, project, artistic project, basically. So that was a really uh, important period for me to rethink my whole agenda. And um, yeah, I guess it was it was hard for everyone and for everyone down there, you know. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, but it has to feel good to have a new album, Roomba, coming out. How does this release feel? And you know, with the prospects of being able to perform live to promote it. Yeah, well, basically, Roomba is a calling uh, from that period, from the COVID period that I, I unfortunately we all had to pass through. So um, I say to me, okay, myself, I now, well, now I need to do something that uh, is going to be changing the situation, changing that period at the time. So Roomba means basically that um, we're getting to get together to perform together. 
because um, uh, rumba is about social interaction, it's about um, so social exchange, performing, exchanging values through performance, and especially to Afro through Afro Cuban rhythms. So um, that's why I wanted to do a, a, an album and I call it rumba because I wanted to change that kind of perspective that we have to pass through during the COVID time. And I had the chance to perform with a lot of, um, most of my, you know, my mentors and great friends from Canada, from the U.S. I have um, four special guests, Terilyn Carrington on drums. Uh, she's a tremendous artist, internationally well-known artist. And I have Miguel Seno on saxophone, um, Kurt Rosenwinkel on guitar, really well-known, now living in Germany. And I have Ingrid Johnson, Ingrid Johnson, she's now the dean at the music faculty at uh, Manhattan School of Music. And finally, I have a Latin Grammy winner, Amado de Deo Garcia, on percussions and also singing. So the CD is going to be released on September uh, 16th, tomorrow, basically. It's going to, it's going to be officially on, uh, on Naxos for Canada, Effendi Records, Company Online, uh, iTunes, you know, all the all the social medias that we, we know. Wow, what a lineup you got on there. That had to be incredible to get in with all of, the, all of those minds and talents into one room. Absolutely, absolutely. That was, um, that was a great, um, you know, that was great uh, putting together ideas and also uh, exchanging but learning process through the writing pieces for these people. So, um yeah, they all had a sound, a strong sound, and they bring that that kind of personality to the to the, the entire performance. So it's a great, um, it's a strong, it's a strong work, in my opinion. Um, it's my first, the first time that I, ha- I had a chance to do a, a work with uh, so many artists, but also with so many colors, and also with uh, you know trying to perform that kind of Afro-Cuban jazz in a different way with all these people. I love the optimism and the the creativity that comes out of Cuba. It's always so refreshing to talk to cats like you. And I'm curious about your upbringing and how jazz became your focal point, your passion in life. Well, jazz, I understand jazz in the same way that uh, Afro-Americans understand that. So uh, jazz more than the musical style or, you know, or, or a standard piece or a way of performing instruments. Jazz is also about, um, it's a way of living. It's a way of life. It's also about, um, you know, knowing yourself and being able to express what you, um, you're expecting for you and for your culture too, for your people. So um, I wanted to recreate uh, that kind of um, uh, circularity with African rhythms but also I wanted to span um, harmony and um, scales, but also harmonic progressions and um, interaction, melodic uh, interactions and harmonic movement. I wanted to span that by using rhythms and, you know, putting rhythm for the front, but also uh, recreating a new way to restructure uh, uh, harmony, harmony motions. I had influences from uh, from the from jazz roots like blues, black work songs, uh, church songs, um, gospel, 
um, bebop language, you know, but I also have influence from um, from my Cuban background, which is son, um, rumba, and the Yoruban, and um, the Arara, the Congo, the Carabali, all these um, repertoire, all these way of um, performing or expressing themselves, I use them, you know, in a way that I, I can't revisit the past with a contemporary view, also using uh, mathematics, also using science, like philosophy, you know, trying to interpret and niche into the music. Um, it's a kind of going forward, and, uh, you know, using elasticity with my contemporary view of today, which is basically um, how I see, how I perceive the future, basically, by restructuring things from the past. So what are you ultimately hoping the listener gets from this album? Well, I hope that it can enjoy, first of all, the energy, the big energy that we bring uh, through the performance in general. Also, that they can catch, you know, the different mind states of uh, the pieces, that they can, that they can also uh, appreciate the, you know, the interaction that uh, rhythmic circularity brings through the whole album too. But most important that they can that they can they can really think about the the word rumba um, because in this society today um, we are trying to you know to make people to be more and more individual uh, individuality is in the in the middle in the center of the society today so I hope that you can they can just reflect about the word rumba and you can change or contribute to um, you know build a more interaction more interaction, more cultural interchange between cultures and, uh, you know, be more open also to um, influences around the world. So why do you love jazz? Well, I love jazz because uh, when I started performing jazz, I was 12 years old, and the first thing that I, I, I felt at the time was the freedom, the freedom that these... Um, these artistic way of um, you know expressing, improvising um, uh, was given to me at that time. I started improvising some uh, by improvising some uh, Latin lines at the piano, uh, Cuban lines. I remember that I was performing pieces from uh, you know Ruben Gonzalez at the time, from Chucho Valdez, you know the big uh, uh, the legendary music musician uh, Chucho Valdez, and also by Frank Emilio Flynn. Those were my influences at that, at that time, and um, when I start performing these uh, their lines and their, their solos, I then I tried to perform my own way, you know, improvise something on my own, and I felt completely free. But also, I felt that um, the connection with the ideas that I was performing at that time were even real. That the connection I was trying to you know convey through my classical performance in in, in the piano. So I, I found myself really um, discovering myself and performing myself uh, through, through improvisation. That was why I, I started to perform jazz. And then I met Herbie Hancock in Havana, the legendary uh, Herbie Hancock. And we had a 45-minute conversation together at the hotel. Um, at the time, you know, Cuban were not supposed to, to get into the hotel. Well, this is a different story, but... Uh, um, he invited me, and uh, we got a conversation with a friend of mine too. And uh, we we talked about Bud Powell. Uh, we talked about Francis Pardo, about Miles Davis, 
about the musician that he loves at the time, Chucho Valdez, Michael Brecker, I remember that. So from that conversation, I kind of um, found myself connected with um, a person that was, was inviting, inviting me for all my life, but also inspiring me, inspiring generation and generation musicians um, in the dress and in the world. So I say, well, this is a signal. This is something that's happening. It's real. I don't think that I want to be had the, the opportunity to meet Herbie one more time, even in the U.S. or even in Canada. Uh, so this is a signal for me right now that I really um, I'm I am you know interacting with someone that is a is a model for me. So he's giving me like a kind of agreement. So I have to. Take care of this, artistically speaking. So let's let's go seriously through the whole process. So speaking of live performance and influences in your life, what was the first live show you ever saw that inspired you to think that you would want to do that, be on stage one day? That was a piano, a piano concert, a two pianos concert uh, between Herbie and Chucho Valdez in Havana at the Amadeus Roldan Theater. I don't remember exactly the date, but I was about 2000, uh, 2000, yeah, 2000 or 1999 or 2001, that, that corner. And uh, I remember that they played differently, each of them with different kind of uh, voicings, uh, rhythmic approach, you know, jazz uh, repertoire and jazz knowledge, but they, they both had something to say. And uh, when I saw them performing together, you know, crossing paths between Afro-Cuban influences and jazz, but also, uh, you know, the way Harry plays, which is completely galactic, a galactic man by using um, that kind of, um, um, you know, extension, harmonic extension in a certain way that he, he really uh, knows how to use that. Um, but also uh, listening to Chucho Valdez uh, performing with uh, so much accentuation and polyrhythmic uh, ideas and lines, I just became like in love with that kind of um, process, and uh, yeah, that was the first the first concert that I saw in my life uh, that uh, really uh, you know really uh, blew my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you've been down a lot of roads in your life, and and you know you're firmly in the jazz scene. What would be your advice to younger jazz musicians that are just getting through school and getting into the scene? That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, first of all, I might say that uh, instead of listening to the contemporary people today, to the contemporary musicians today, um, go back to the tradition. Go back to the you know, go back to the to the blues. Go back. Go back to Art Tatum. Go back to the first person that uh, basically you know. And made the, the the you know the basics on the, the table, you know on the table, uh, before before trying to understand people for today. Um, why I say that? Most of the time, students they they are you know they are in love with the contemporary guys. Today, Bramaldao or I don't know or DJ Iger or uh, you know um, Jason Moran. They are all great players that I love. But I might say, you know, why do not, why don't ask themselves about how this guy, how the contemporary guys became uh, what they are today? 
you know, so they are they were they were doing homework. They were doing doing their homework. You know, revisiting tradition and also bebop, uh, but also blues, stride piano, uh, all this stuff. So I recommend students for today that they really go back to tradition before trying to move forward. And if they can do both at the same time and recreate a kind of elasticity through the you know through the performance and research, you know. That might be even great, even better. But uh, even more important, that going going back to tradition, is that they trying to find their voice by the end of the of the trip. So everyone has a perception or an idea of who they think you are: your family, your friends, your fans. But you're the one that's living your life. You have an idea of who you are. Who do you think you are? Well, I am just a simple uh, human being trying to evaluate in this life. Um, I define myself as an artist because this is the way God chose me to go through this path and, you know, and recreate my personal um, vision or my personal perspective, perspective about, about life. I am also a person that um, um, came to, you know, to try to... Um, to try to um, defend human rights, like the situation we have in Cuba right now, um, is getting even worse and worse uh, because of the political situation right now, and um, the government is became becoming even more and more repressive with people. So I guess um, I have a you know I also have a mission to transmit to, to transmit people that kind of uh, freedom. Then they feel free, then they feel free to express themselves, and they feel free to, um, you know, recognize an idea and that they deserve more than they have, especially Cubans. They deserve that freedom, they deserve that dignity, that respect that they don't have in their own country right now. So, yeah, I consider myself as a, as a, as a, a soul that came to help uh, harmonize people and harmonize society, but also harmonize myself with the whole. That's the most important. I love that answer, Raphael. Thank you for opening up. Good luck with the new album, Roomba, and live shows and everything as we go forward. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and God bless you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Cuba, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Rafael for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.